tape identification. This is forward lift of RD25, yet another tape coming online. Well, first up on this one, uh, by the way, this tape's being uh, dubbed on the 15th of the 11th, 1994. We're going back to 1976 now, or 77, I think it is, and this is rather an interesting one because uh, I'm dubbing off some branch tapes here. And I've come across emissions which I don't recall hearing for a long time. And it's rather unusual, and in fact it's one of my missions, off the uh, the missions from Brindy Road. And it's obviously off one of my log tapes that the branches transferred. Now, either I have got it here and can't find it in my database, or it's sort of, I don't know, I've spent hours looking for it, can't seem to find the uh, material. So possibly it's... Uh, it's just gone missing over the last 10 or 15 years. And luckily there's a copy of it here on the branch episode gold number 6. And the quality is quite good as, as well. So it's, it's very uh, good to hear the missions. It's one of the, uh, what I call, call it, naive missions from that era. Well, really it was an error, but not to worry about that. So it's the Easter storm, and it's very good indeed. So... Without further ado, I'll go over to the appropriate announcements made by the branch when he was dubbing it back in the 70s. Anyway, episode 6, this is, the gold series of summer crossbeans on 160 metres. Well, actually, they're being replayed, as a rule, during the summer. They didn't necessarily all take place during the summer originally. Um, we'll have a few bits and pieces to start off with in this episode, number six. Actually, I'm testing on 160 metres. Uh, in all probability, if it's being used to modulate the carrier, that is, on 160, um, if it's not being used to modulate the carrier on 160, then, as I say, it's the Gold Series episode six, so it can be used for either purpose. Um... This particular contact that we'll hear a bit out of first of all was the knock around at the Stu's place with the Beck Online via, uh, as I say, at the ASE location. And the date of this particular one would have been pretty close to Easter of 1977. It's actually on the 10th of April, 1977, Easter time or thereabouts, having another interesting contact during a, a rather violent, windy, electrical storm. Um, I missed hearing the original myself, because I was up the band working Joe. So here's a copy straight off one of the Stu's log tapes. Oh, jolly good wife. Yeah. Jolly good. Because he goes to the Zissions Club, doesn't he? Yeah. Have you seen him there? No, but I've heard him transmitting from there. But worse.
smash a few windows you will anybody who's listening would like to say have a call you can uh, win this conversation oh um what's the taser coming up to one o'clock oh i'll put it on the seat in Melbourne and suburbs last night. Three main highways, the Western and Princess, were closed, causing a huge bank-up of traffic as holidaymakers tried desperately to get out of the city to their various holiday resorts. Those highways are now open again. At one stage on the Tullamarine Freeway, cars were banked up for about five kilometres. Country train services were affected at the height of the storm and nearly all suburbs reported minor flooding. Altona and the western suburbs were the worst affected, with many houses being unroofed at Altona. G'day there, uh, g'day there Paul. How, how are you going and, and all that uh, sort of stuff? Oh, I am quite... Uh, hang on, what's that next one? Well, thank I, you. You're Sorry. quite well, are you? Oh, that's very good. Yes. Hmm. And how are you this evening, Paul? Because I'm in the studio as well at the moment. Oh, Mark, you don't come on till page 10. This is sounding like the branch. Let's... Mm. Yeah, I think we'll just, we won't do any pseudo casting like the branch just uh, makes a pseudo cast of everything and it's it's most entertaining. It's okay if you're the Joe you man. Turn your mute on by the way, so if I drop off it doesn't mm. go for a hit. Well, actually, actually artificial casting's alright as long as it's script to the nth degree, like real casting yes. is. Yes. But if you if you if you deviate from the script all the time It sounds you're very a devious person. <coughs> it sounds very devious. Mm. Not at all. Well, I've got it at the back there in the ute. Yeah. We've got the old Mickey Mantle. What? Oh, Mantle. We've got the old brown version of, of what's sitting in at 3CR, the four valve or waiver or whatever they call it. What? Are these going to be given away for prizes? Oh yeah. We have to oh good. Oh, we've got a quiz coming up soon, have we? Yeah. Yes. Old old radio chassis are the prizes. Well, well, tell me when you're going to have the quiz on. We'll have an appropriate. Appropriate um, track. You can talk back me through that. Mm. Two Hello. meters. Ah, oh, you're like receivers with me this evening. Oh, I can make your knees drop. Sorry, what's this ball? Oh, uh, I said uh, uh, when you're ready with with whatever it is you're going to be ready with. The, the quiz. Hello, this is a test. Tell me and I'll. Oh. Ooh. Um, that sounds illegal. Just tell me and we'll have appropriate uh, nections. Appropriate nections. Be. Uh, 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 I, wonder, I wonder if one should... What level are we looking at here now? Uh, you just talk. Just, talk, I'll be yeah, the level right. Uh, we're going to have a proper panel operator this yes, evening. Yes, you are talking a bit close, you're popping. I, I do apologise. We'll hold it down there so it sounds like inferior voice qualities. Mm. I wonder if it should be done as a fully produced program, like we, get, we could get the sort of spinning wheel effects. Uh, we don't want to end up too much like the branches, pseudo-missions. We've got Hum on um, your channel. Hang on. I'll give you 
Just getting organised. This um, tin oh, phones certainly reduce the. This is a high quality branch limiters, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah, most on high quality. Well, uh, okay, knock. Well, if you want to, um, you know, do do the, the test. Mm. I don't know if there'd be many people around. What do you want to do? No, it's, it's a cool evening. I think we'll have to wait for a warm summer's evening. Well, it's six you can, months. We've got to yeah. wait six months. Well, I'll, I'll just bring all the rubbish chassis up here and you can have them littering up here. Do you want to ask a question now? Yes. Well, hang on. We'll have, it's question time, is it? Right, well, here we go. It's question time. <laughs> and what is the question, Mark? Swim for one. Uh, we can't use McLean sound systems anymore. That's been no. done to death. That's right. Yes, it has. That was the name of something on the two Ronnies. Yes. Well, I, I just thought perhaps we might hop in the in the actual competition when it occurs. Mm -hmm. Might just be simply a competition of, of, of arrive at the spot. Yeah. And and the numbers you, your number is drawn out and you receive one of the numbered prizes, which makes you eligible for the grand prize of I, what, what can be a grand well, prize. Um, we, oh, we've got some prizes here, actually. Oh, yes! Uh, I'll tell you what it is. It's a brand new 45, never been played before, of King of the Block by Reich, Cranium and the Smootalks. Mmm. Oh, that's, that's weird. And an exciting record. We can't play it for you, of course. Mmm. But if you'd like it, well, that could be the prize. Yes, well... Uh, but still. At least it's not on the exercise book label. Yes. What's that song called? Sitting in the sun or something? Sitting goes starts over the front gate. And it goes... That's super trebly overdone missions. Yeah. It was a pretty... Uh, I suppose the record wasn't too bad, but, well, he certainly wasn't a great artist. He certainly wasn't. I imagine he still isn't. Who's this? Mr. Cranium. Oh, I never heard of Mr. Cranium. Mr. Cranium. In fact, we could give multiple copies of that 45 away, because there's more than one copy in existence, isn't there? Oh, yes. Well, we the... have a few here to give away, actually. Oh, I, I thought you had only one of those 45s. One, two, three, four. If, if there's enough people oh, who would four. like to join in this amateur radio test, uh, they'd like to give us things here. We, you know, we will continue the... We will do the... Mm. Uh, the I mean, the, 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 these radio chassis, although they're... The ting must be someone listening. Mm. At least one listener. Some fool. I imagine he'll be tuning off to about now. <laughs> what? Um... <laughs> I'm in the switch room. Just ask the fisher in the switch room to disconnect the, the back. <laughs> See? Back disconnected. Put me on. Back in. Did, did, did the fisher have to dial up a uni to do that? Yeah. Oh, it's a spotty uni. For buzz. <laughs> well, I suppose what we could do is we could we could give it a trial run anyhow. All right. Well, you could have a good question because otherwise. No, you don't. You don't well, have a question. We just have a. We just simply. We simply say arrive on the corner of in the next five minutes. The corner of Burundi. That's right. Oh, that's a bit close. <laughs> Yes. Oh, look. Look, he's doing a real fisher. He's doing a line-up. 
Really? A line-up. Look at that. Because we had the trace machine on before. That's probably still nicked in circuit. Oh, yes. What's See the, that? The uh, Hello? He wants a record. Yes. You are. You're doing listening. And who is it? Me, is it? Isn't this exciting? It sure is. I really always wanted to know who me is. Um, Backman? Yes? Um, how is Andrew doing on his new school? Now, who's that? Who is it? Uh, it's somebody. Who is it? Somebody who obviously knows. My brother. It's who? The Marksman. The Marksman. Karl Marx. Hmm. He's doing quite well, thank you. He's doing I quite well. I don't know who Yeah, you're, listen you're not listening to the back at the moment. Must be someone who is my brother. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, apparently he's doing that quite quite exceptionally well there. Your brother transfers schools or something? Yes. He's now going to the hunk school. Voluntarily? You're not doing exceptionally well at the old no, school. No, not really. Oh, I see, no, yes. I won't go into that. And um, oh, it's very good to know that somebody at least is doing listeners here tonight. Hmm. Oh, yes. Where are we getting feedback? Oh, Heisers. I don't know. Let's talk about something. This is totally mm. No, I was interested. Um, did you notice Cheerio. there about a week or two back on... Oh, well, he's signed off. Oh. That was quick. Oh, look, look at it. Look, this is good. <laughs> this is bad, actually. Yes, well, I thought that was going to develop into something, but it didn't. So we'll just leave that and we'll take this one. Here's a copy straight off one of the Stu's log tapes. Oh, hello. Can I, can I please speak to Terry Lane? Uh, this, this is Terry Lane. Oh, I didn't want to speak... Uh, you you are on air. Uh, could you could you turn your radio down, please? Oh, just a moment. I'd like to inform uh, anybody who's about to call, when the phone is picked up, you, you are on air, and uh, please have your radio off because we've wasted a lot of time recently with uh, people with their radios on in the background. Hello. Uh, yeah, hello there. Hello, can I please speak to Terry Lane? This is the Lane. Now look, uh, you are on air. You are on, on Talkback. Oh, I'd like to speak about um, the, the topic that you're... You know, the topic that, that, I, that you're talking about this morning. Now, could you be a bit more definite, please? Well, I... I think that... I think it's, it, it's wrong. Could you give a, a beep, 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 beep? Oh, oh, I'm afraid we've lost that call. Uh, only the third call we've lost today. Anyway, uh, 63, uh, the 601, whatever the number is, uh, ring if you want to speak, and uh, we're an ex-caller. Go ahead, please. Oh, hello. I'd like to speak with Terry Day. Uh, this is the lane. Terry Street, I think, if you don't want to be too. <laughs> this is the street here. Oh. Look, uh, Mr. Street, I... Uh, what are you talking about? Weren't you listening? Look, you've I got your radio on in the background. You must turn that off. Uh, uh, goodbye. We, we just haven't got time. I must stress that we're coming up to serial time here. We just haven't got the time to, to waste these people who have their radio in the background. Uh, look, that person who's left the phone off the hook, would you please hang up because um, we can't get any calls through. Uh, you must realise we haven't got a very sophisticated uh, telephone panel here. So, oh yes, apparently we've, we've got everything set up, set up now. So, uh, yes, you, you are on air. We'll take our next caller. Thank you. Hello. Uh, can I, uh, I'd like to make an appointment for 4 o'clock this afternoon. 
Uh, <laughs> well, I'm afraid we that's all we have time for in our, our, our thing. It, it's time. It's back to the rabbit. Uh, hello, rabbit. Hey, next show, and uh, it's ten to nine. <laughs> oh, and don't forget that uh, five past nine, Terry will be speaking with the, the phrase. That's ABC Radio, it's ten minutes to nine. That's about all he gets to say, isn't it? And it's goodbye from the AM team for this morning. Beep! And now it's time for the rabbit. Good morning, rabbit. Look, it's Good funny. Good morning, Cole. And this morning, we'll be speaking with the street in just a moment. Don't forget the street will be speaking at five past nine with the pinkos and with the... <laughs> and with the rightos at ten past five. But now it's time for Terry Street. This morning's topic comes from the ABC News. Oh, I should have had the McLean's thing yeah, lined up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now that would have been a good topic to do. And now... Hang on, do you have to do that again? I'll just... I'll get... I'll get the, uh... Pity we can't get callers to ring up and comment about the McLean. The trouble is you have to go off when they do it. Do you want to do a mock one of those? That might be quite interesting. Okay, if you'd like to go ahead and, and act like the rabbit. Oh, we'll start again. Okay. Uh, um, that's all from the AM team, and now it's half past eight. Beep! Hello, rabbit. Oh, good morning, Cal. And uh, this morning, Attorney Street will be speaking at uh, five minutes past nine with the Reddos, and at five minutes past ten with the Rightos. But, in the meantime, let's have a listen to this morning's point of topic, the topic of interest, or the point of Having reached the Town Hall, the Queen and Duke of Embro were welcomed by the Lord Mayor, Councillor Osborne. However, when she came to reply, the Queen's microphone wasn't working properly and there was a burst of laughter and a call to turn up the volume from the crowd. It was impossible to hear what the Queen was saying. But that's not the full story as far as the sound recordist, Mr Stuart McLean, is concerned. For eight years, his small company has been used to record and oversee the PA systems for all official functions at the Town Hall. However, according to press reports in this morning's papers, Mr McLean is now sacked because of the sound breakdown when the Queen was here. But as far as he's concerned, it wasn't his fault. The microphone was too high up, too high. We adjusted it at 54 inches above the ground. Somebody from the town hall said it was too low and raised it. Well, I think that'll be enough. Do you really want to right. see if we get any genuine... Well, don't forget that uh, if you'd like to comment on this topic, the phone number to ring is... 82... The phone number is 531229. 539. Good morning. And good morning, Terry. Good morning. No, no, it's going to be about 20 seconds. Uh. And good morning, Terry. Uh, hello to you too, and it's a very fine morning. And I wonder if we can take our first caller, so... Uh... Yes. It's funny how we, we did the Kenworthy to death, and now the the street. Because apparently, from what I heard from Rado, well, Rado, I'll be doing street missions, so I'll be able to give inside information. Oh, that'll be fun. Look, I'm quite looking forward to it, doing the street. Because then I can get people to ring up and... 
See, you hear that wind, the tenors just get... Look, well, we just went downstairs to get the green machine. Yeah. It, windows, you know, really rattling. Yeah. Wind, rain. Look, I hopped in a, a red train to go to the pops, uh -huh. and... You know they have the whittle, twiddly whittly things on the roof that rev. One of them had, didn't have one, and the rain was just pouring through the roof onto the seat. And the the, the red train was awash. And he goes to accelerate, and it goes. And the back bogey is trying to go twice as fast as the front one. And <laughs> That's right. Wouldn't it be hilarious to, to paint slippery stuff on the rails? Get... Hilarious to, to paint slippery stuff on the rails. Good thing, Huntley over. I mean, overhead thing has almost fallen down. They've had to completely repair that. The overhead thing. Yeah. Which? You know the overwalk thing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's really rickety. That thing. It certainly is. It will fall down. Of course, the council have opposed the. Uh, 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 above, uh, yeah. Yes, which is a bit unfortunate because I was w looking forward to that. <laughs> you can see train down your window. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't catch the train this morning because when the rails are slippery, the train takes about 20 years to get anywhere. Oh, yeah. It has to set off so slowly from the station. Otherwise, it has a slip. And then you hear bang, like on a tram. Yeah. You have to wait a while before it recovers. Mmm. It's hilarious when the red train goes for a light. Look, I got on one the other day coming out from work. This super dim mission. I thought there was something wrong. Oh, yes. You get in the train, you're trying to read the paper or something. The train starts off. You don't even hear the motor start, but you can tell he's put the throttle on. Look, this is it. They put the throttle on, the lights go for a dim, then you've got to wait about two seconds before it starts to go for a move. And then the lights slowly come up to brilliance as the motor speeds up. And they take... Those, those things really coast along, though, don't they? They go very fast, the old reds. be good to go on to Sydney in one. <laughs> you could go. You could go to, uh, to Morwell on one, or Trelgan, electric mm. up there. And uh, revving along. Because it went to stop at Flinders Street. And it stopped once, then it went on forward, and then it went for a big jerk stop. You know when they go for a big jerk stop? And all the doors flew open, and people flying everywhere. Some of the brakes must be out of adjustment. It is amazing how all the different carriages, how they all even out and one doesn't try and push the other one and <laughs> rip the other one off and all this. The thing gets me about the motors, they must be, you know, in perfect synchronisation because otherwise the back carriage would be jackknifed and just push the front <laughs> That's carriage right. forward. 
Well, well it does happen because sometimes when they start off, they go jerk. And I think yeah. when that happens, there is a slight problem. Often, you know, they, they connect them up. If they if there's a fault in actions in the in the connector in the control thing, and only one carriage is working. They go so slow because the middle carriage, the back carriage, the front carriage goes... And the thing's hardly moving at all. And it takes about twice as long to get anywhere. And, uh... Yeah. I saw a train the other day, surprisingly, a red train. And they had four motor carriages out of eight. Oh, that must have been a heavy train. Well, they had the front one, and then there were about three trailers. Mm. And then two motors in a row, then one more trailer, and another motor in the back. Struth. Bit of a tree just ripped off then. I'm incredibly amazed that my tenant hasn't blown down yet, because it's really just temporary. I think we'll just put a, <coughs> a mic out the back so we can hear when one of the trees in Brindley Road goes for a blow. Are you in your bedroom, though? No, in, in the, uh, the admitting room. Yeah, it is. We'll just get wind noise for most of the time. Yeah, those trains, like, it'd be good to put eight motor carriages on an eight-carriage train <laughs> and see how fast it, it'd have super acceleration. Of uh, course, the, uh, the parcel vans go quite fast, too. Yes. Yeah. Well, those, those trains that went down the St Kilda line... Yeah. <clears throat> the bulger the other day got in, got late to the pulse, and he told the pulse that the, there's a power failure at Cheltenham. Yep. He's reading his duke, and all the lights went off, and had to wait for a train. <laughs> Interesting fact that the trains run off a completely different system. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> hmm. I, I told the pulse a few of these stories. Yeah. I used to tell them that they cancelled all these trains. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell him about trains. No, I, I used to get, start these discussions about how bad the railways are because they cancel all these trains and everything. Oh, yes. Stupid Believe I think. It's very bad at the moment because in the last two nights I've gone to the polls. I've actually been um, working till 11 o'clock at night, you see. And I come to the polls at 8 o'clock. And unfortunately, there's one of the chaps who's going to the polls as well. And, uh, any problem? The antenna's still up. Well, I think it's still up because we've got the indications that it's still, um, it's still up. Remarkable, the wind that's blowing. It certainly is, it's, uh... It's there's floods everywhere. Yeah, it's really incredible, night. Yeah, yeah. It's a long road, it's about down the road, it's Really? Yeah, three hours to get along the Tom Marine Highway, Really? It's amazing how... We've had fantastic weather, it doesn't worry me or anything, but on the Easter break it's it's as, as bad as you can ever get it, really. Yeah. But, uh, well, some places flooded out, and Maribyrnong uh, River's up. Ah. It's quite amazing. Some water in there, yeah, some water in the room. Whereabouts? Where, where's the, where's the water? 
Say, oh, that's right. And this other chap who works in uh, St James Building, uh-huh. he uh, he's uh, see, I can't. It's a bit disconcerting because he he looks at the rosters and things, and knows what's going on. And he said he doesn't like all these things that happen. And uh, oh, yes. do you hear that wind? It's incredible. Yeah, I think my tenors will probably bend and break or something. I'm a bit worried that mine might fall in the tram wires. Would yours reach that far? Yeah. Oh, I can even put the trams out of action. Put the house out of action. Put you out of action. Yeah. You can imagine I'm sitting right next to the tenors wires. <laughs> 6,000 volts on it or something. <laughs> the ground plane would go for a plane. <laughs> Be completely quite incredible to say the least. Arms would blow right off. Yeah. The arm receivers would get a few more than a couple of mi- get ten six thousand volts instead of six hundred microvolts into its uh, its socket. <clears throat> but trains are certainly very interesting, particularly where it says contact with electric wires will cause death. <laughs> Gee, this wind is incredible. It would be interesting to stay on air tonight until either power went off or the emitters blew out, or... We could have I'm one in Melbourne. the power hasn't gone off, because it's so windy. <laughs> I may have to, we may have to say evening. Well, as far as, I'll probably keep missions on, but uh, as far as the... Uh, the means of communication you're using, because we are expecting a phone call, actually. Oh, I... Rather important phone call. That, um, if Fish knew the phone was used at the moment, they'd be spewed. Is that why Fish is still up? Yes. Yes. Well, what's the time? Half past twelve. Yes, there is rather important reasons why the phone is... may need to be used, actually. But, uh, I need two lines. How's 80 metres going? Is it completely wrecked, is it? Um, someone's watching TV at the moment. You've got your Tandy thing. How? Listen to that. Yeah, it'd be good to have be on air while the place is being destructed like at Darwin or something. <laughs> Hello, something just went for a bang outside. <laughs> Something will fall off somewhere along the line. It'd probably be my tenors. Look, as long as my metal <laughs> At least mine can't fall into power lines. If it falls one way, it'll smash the roof. Fall the other way, it'll burn the roof. Well, that's right. Yeah. 
I can't really believe that my tennis will stay on for much longer because it wasn't. It was only meant for light breezes. Because can you imagine the branches toppled and fell on the fish house? It, it, it would fall right into the street. Yes, particularly with his fish, with his tennis pointing into the room. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'll do when you sign off. I'll tune two metres in about a quarter of an hour's time. If anyone would like to say evening to me via two metres, we'd, uh, we'd, we'll have a go through that. Hey, what happens about that? Oh, there's the yisp man. Oh, we can hear the yisp direct. Isn't this good? <laughs> so the yisp isn't, isn't mature enough to have a proper crossband, I find. Yes. He gets... Yeah, I have been trying 10%. Yes. You're very low level. <coughs> yeah. The green mission hasn't got a very good limiter in it. Sorry, what was it? The green mission hasn't got a very good limiter. No, it's pretty useless. Yes, that's for sure. Um, well, look, I think just to set, sign things off... Ah. Oh. I'd say there's no street lights outside. Just hang on, I'll have a look. We're just going to do an OB from the uh, the window. Yep, street lights are all out. In fact, uh, there's no lights anywhere. Uh, there's lights up near your area, one or two, but uh, it's gee, look at that. There's a car headlight just coming down the street, and there's a there's a tree down in the middle of Rindy Road. It's fallen right down, and there's a car just about hit it. Oh, this is incredible! This is a tree down. Ah, oh, this is anybody who wants to see excitement. Oh, this car's had to back around. He's driving along the nature strip to get around. Look, he's driving along the footpath, wrecking somebody's yard. He's driving. Now he's driven into Rindy Road, and now he's going normally again. This is incredible. And the wind just keeps on coming in right outside my place. And I wonder if uh, there's anyone to do with 160 metres. I doubt it. It is somebody to do with 160. And who is it? Who's that? Who is it? Uh, just, just a local citizen. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're in your council or a local... Uh, oh, exactly. ...somebody to remove that tree. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Good, thank you. See ya. Uh, wasn't anyone listening? I don't know who it was. They're just uh, a local person. Did you hear that, Beck? Yeah. That's right. I uh, know they came into the yard actually to tell me that there's a tree broken down there. Oh, did they? Actually, if I had my FM mic. We might have to go and do an OB on this tree being moved away by the council, I think. Of um, course, this is really quite quite a, uh, a scoop for 160 metres, I think. Um, are you there, Beck? Sorry. Ah, oh, yes, you're there. All the lights are out. It's completely black outside. And there's trees blowing down in Brindy Road. It's absolute chaos. It really is. It's something that you don't see every day. Oh, this is starting. I haven't had so much excitement on 160 since the silvers came. Right. Now, if I throw that out the window... Oh, yes. Gee, some of this wind's getting very vile. 
Now the OB point is outside. We've got the uh, the, the lion man is outside organising the OB. So now I need some form of monitoring. I'll just get a monitor. Just hang on a sec. Right. Well, I'm just. Uh, I'll turn the mic off here to stop the noise. Yeah. So, the next thing you'll hear from me, I'll be down at the OB point. Stand by. Right. Well, he is presently walking out the door with Eddie, Eddie in hand. Eddie in hand. Eddie is dropper, that is, of course. And, uh, Eddie in one hand. Heiser's on head and Dancer Mark in the other. On this very, very, very windy night. Forks, forks in the world. And it's 16. Boom! It's 16 minutes to one. Um, and it is, it is very windy, I can assure you. It just certainly is. And we're just waiting now for a cross to our outside broadcast point where a description of the tree that is lying on Burundi Road will occur. Hello. Oh, hello. Hello. Yes, we're speaking to the OB point, and it's really rough out here, folks. I've never seen it rougher in Burundi Road. It's uh, incredible. There's trees And we're just going now to look at the tr tree that's actually fallen, at, fallen right down. That's the Kimpton's tree. And it's, it has fallen right down into the road. Quite a heavy, hefty piece of tree. Bert will be pleased. And uh, pity it didn't rip down the power lines as well. It would have been more taming then. All the street lights are completely off. It's amazing how they always go off, but the house lights stay on, isn't it? It's quite taming. And uh, am I coming through at a correct level? Hello, yes. Yeah, I'm pushing the thing back, but I can't really control levels too much at a very delicate OB operation like this. But uh, I stressed the cord too far. We appear to have uh, lost our outside broadcast unit. Uh, it's making feedback noises. Hello. Right. Of course, the inve inve inevitable happened. We stretched the cord too far, and the plug came off. And uh, we'll just go and investigate this tree. Give it a bit of a pull. Yes, yeah, quite a big tree that's down. So I'll just give you a description. You have to yell it, unfortunately. Um, can you hear me back? Yeah. Oh, good. Am I coming through okay? Uh, okay. Um, yeah, there's a hell of a lot of trees. single person to move it. Yeah. No way in the world, really. It's, uh, oh, it's incredible. I don't know. Who do you see about getting rid of these trees? Actually, I'd, I'd like to leave it there because it would be quite fun to see somebody drive into it. Walking on wet concrete noise. Uh, not very much. It's raining a little bit, but not very much. Well, I think we'll just conclude this OB, and we shall uh, be back again in the uh, the usual place. Stu from the 10th of April 1977, Gold Series, Episode 5. Have you seen 
um, this week's Green Guide, Paul. You did bring that into, up into did discussion. Did you see, see somewhere, I forget who it is, is eight-track half-inch uh, quarters for uh, domestic use? Duck order no, or whatever it's called. I didn't see that, but I saw something else. Did you see a picture of the manganese? And the rag! Are you there, rag? Conducted by Bruce Clark. No, his rag isn't there. Of course, everyone... Uh, there's a bloke down at work who knows Neville very well. Ah, yes. Because we're raving on about the rag. And look, we went and stuff yes. was all blowing up. And it was hilarious. Everyone was cacking themselves laughing. Do you know I got a special cheerio this, this morning on the, the, the rag station? Because uh, the, cro the Braithwaite... You. The Braithwaite rang up yesterday, uh, last night. Was it the night before? It was the night before, because I didn't go to the Pulse that night. And he were talking for a while, and he said he was... On Sunday morning, he was doing the Tarrant missions, and he gave me a special cheerio. Oh, and this morning, he said, um, Good morning, David Aunties, if you're listening. And something like that, he said hello yeah. to me. He sat in there with the Seavers. I was home, actually. Did you catch the Channel 7 news this evening, Paul? Oh, I suppose I shouldn't have said that. Um, Are we all about the CB mission? Yes, most interesting. Uh, what uh, did... I forgot... What did they get signed? $40 and $40 cost, and they lost all the equipment. What, what were they doing wrong? Well, they operating CB in Bendigo. Five of them got pinched for a test case, supposedly. And they they were asking for a dollar fine or a good behaviour bond. But the uh, magistrate gave... Uh-oh, what happened to The them? magistrate gave them $40 and $40 cost and confiscated their equipment and said, if we find you back here under the same charge, it'll be a lot stiffer. Well, look, I think they get a $40 fine. Surely... They should get more than an amateur who breaks a regulation. But the thing that got me is the way they treated the equipment. Did you see that? Bang. Oh, yes, the, they've got all the equipment. Sorry about that, you may say. Oh, letting the microphone cord just, and the microphone just bash against the side of the car when they're trying to stick it in the box, the cardboard box. So, oh, they did protection. Leather, they don't treat equipment very well, because it only goes in those big steel cabinets and never comes out again. Oh, yes, it does. It goes into Mr. Gold. Oh, didn't say anything. <laughs> we'll do it like they do at the Pulse. You say your call sign and name, Paul. Lindsay does his, and I'll on. say mine. No, you've got to go. And the next three ASE crossbow missions will be coming on tomorrow night. At 11 o'clock. This is... VK3 ASE. VK3 BK. And VK3 GX. Boom, 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 ASE. Um, anyway. Hmm. If some people didn't know better, they'd think he's cracked. Yes. But, uh, so they had a test case. They tested the case, did they? Yes, they took the suitcase out of the cupboard. It was it was an old Mark III. Yes. And they, they connected two probes up to it. Mm -hmm. And they found it had a... It, it was giving some resistance to the law. Ah, yes. So, um... Ohm's law, that is. Yes. So they fined it $40 for being a resistor. That's a fairly low fine, considering they can ha do $2,000 in six years in jail. Yeah. Mm. Like the person in Burren Road with his tennis sticking up blatantly. Isn't that incredible, that one? The, the, what's his name again? Neil. Neil, that's right. Neil Armstrong. He's a... <clears throat> I think he thinks, certainly hasn't got a strong head. If you listen to his stations, it's yeah, very it's limited. Right. What about this one? Oh, you say you think to the black. Evening to the Black, because Black is most likely listening. Good evening, Mr. Black. 
Does he know who he is when you say that? I don't know, because he's a bit mentally demanded. And, um... <laughs> no, the black is quite a nice chap. Mm. Although, there's amazing how many people in that organisation are cracked. You could only call them cracked. Like the black, the... The brown, I don't know if the brown is, the, the Sloan man. You shouldn't say that, Mark might be the Sloan. But he's, he is incredibly cracked. He's a friend of Mark's. He goes, ah, son, ah, and he's son. running around. Son. <laughs> and he's so lazy. Did you have to give him the kick in the rear end to get him to go and do missions? That's, that's right, because one time certain person didn't turn up at five o'clock. And they rang up and said, uh, Mr. S, you'll have to come and do missions. And he says, Ah, oh, son! Ah, oh, what are they... What's coming to the place? Ah! Oh. And they just they just got Sydney missions. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> enough it's of that. Boring yeah, uh, well, that's right, that chap in Boring Road. You know when he comes on, he does splatter missions all over the bands? You probably heard him there, Lindsay. Cause yes, he's I, close I to heard him now. one time. Yeah. Oh, look, we can get Bay City Rolls albums. 11 o'clock. Yes, I can hear that in the background too. Orion fuel crisis. Oh, really? And the union claims motorists pretending Ooh, to be doctors or staff at hospitals oh. are completely disrupting arrangements for emergency petrol supply. Oh, really? Ooh. The Assistant General Secretary of the Transport Workers Union, Mr Ivan Hodgson, says his union is doing all it can to keep up emergency services and any claims from doctors that they aren't getting like petrol on there. demand are completely wrong. Police tonight say most of the garages with the last of Melbourne's petrol have shut. Earlier today, a motorist pulled a pistol on a service station attendant when he was told there was no petrol. <laughs> the Minister for Employment and Industrial Relations, Mr Street, has strongly condemned the decision of the Victorian oil, oil tanker drivers and aircraft refuelers to extend their strike for a further week. Stand-downs have already begun in the manufacturing sector. The Prime Minister today repeated there was no point in a national conference... Well, that's, you'd be able to get fuel then, wouldn't you, Lindsay? Mm, I don't think so. But you can say you're, you're a doctor? Yes, I don't think they'd believe me. Hmm... Mm. Oh, you see, the thing is, you'd have to... Look, if you wanted to get petrol and pose as a doctor, you'd have to go and buy a Mercedes. Yes. And then wear this white coat. A Volvo. A stethoscope around you. <laughs> look, the egg can do that because he's got a Mercedes. Look, well, yes, and he can borrow Lindsay's stethoscope and skeleton. Look, you have the skeleton in the back window hanging there, or, you know, across the back seat, and with the stethoscope, white coat, with blood stains. They think you're the butcher, I think. Um, that reminds me, I didn't bring my white coat home this week. Oh, it'll be smelly in the cupboard. It has to be cleaned, does it? Why yes. does it have to be cleaned? Oh, the smell is... You've been doing anatomy classes, have you? Yes, I have to bring it home every week. Otherwise, the smell in the cupboard becomes a bit overpowering. And how, how are things going in the anatomy I class? put a label on it saying Beck. It's better. You can walk around like all the people do at... TV missions with their dust coats on, doing coat missions. I thought about references to the Butcher and K's. Yes. That was unintentional, actually. Uh, I'm sure it is. In fact, I'm 
uh, at the moment doing... Is Neil with Music to Midnight. Well, You're on ABC nice. Radio 1. Oh, we know. Great Gatsby, not very tight presentation. Boredom till midnight. Yes, that's right. Um, it must be right. the fuel crisis is rather quite quite bad, isn't it? And Lindsay, what I what I haven't seen you for so long. What have you been up to? And how's how's things at, at university? And how's the mop missions? Oh, you could you could go on for hours telling us all about this, which would be most interesting. Yes, our university is sort of going along vaguely, uh, not doing quite as much work as I need to, unfortunately. And uh, it's most discontinued. Um, yes, I've got to do a bit more work, unfortunately. Oh, I see. And, uh, oh, nothing much. I've sort of got a whole pile of ancient old books, which I haven't read yet, old technical type books describing broadcasting and television stations oh, yes. in about 1915. Oh, yes. All these ancient pictures and uh, various other things. Yes. The mop missions, well, they just keep going along. It's a good source of monies. Yes, it is. Most, most welcome. Uh... Oh yes, well I can tell you about last weekend. Going oh, you you're a big um, big bail man now, aren't you? A bail man. I don't work for. I'm a vicom. And did you go for There's a? a We've lost our little gongy here, and we our, our tronic gong isn't working. So oh, here's the gong. Now, Lindsay, what stage of bail did you get to? We just did the first bail. You mean you jumped out of an aeroplane while it was doing fly missions? Yes. What does it feel like to stand out of that door, look down 10 million feet to the earth and have to do jumps? Petrifying. It must be some incredible experience. Yes, it was most incredible. It really is. Sort of lean out there. Well, you don't lean out. You sort of step out onto the wheel and think, mm. aeroplane and hold on for dear life. And you sort of look straight down. And there's the ground crawling below you at two and a half thousand feet down. And the wind's whistling past at about a hundred miles an hour. And your little jumpsuit is going flap, 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 flap against you. And, and all the wind against your face. And then he just goes, taps you on the leg and says, go. And you sort of go, Oh. Uh, I really thought I wouldn't go. I thought I'd just petrify there, you know. Hell, that must be some... The, the mental turmoil just well, before you do what jumps. Actually, I think I can't remember anything between when letting go, when he told me to jump, and yeah. when the parachute opened. And most of the other people said they couldn't. It's apparently quite normal. Your brain just sort of refuses to accept it. <laughs> You're falling out of an aeroplane. Yeah, so it just decides to pack up on you. What? And uh, you can't remember anything. How, which is, how many minutes or seconds were you going without parachutes? Oh, only about three two or three seconds. You did pretty quick. Yeah. It, and were they automatic as, opening? Yeah. As soon as you start falling away from the plane, the parachute opens. Oh, I see. And you virtually start slowing down as soon as you fall. In other words, you don't get very fast. Oh, I see. You might only get up to 30, 40 feet a second before you start slowing down again. So in other words, um, for the first jumps, they don't rely on the person themselves to pull no. the cord? You, uh, because you probably forget yes, <laughs> and do splatter missions. It's a, a static line which is attached to the plane which pulls the ripcord for you. I see. And uh, you do that for, I think, the first five times and uh, then they let you pull it yourself. <laughs> and what if you don't pull it? Well, the thing is that 
that I hope by that time that you've overcome your Scare. fear. Yeah. And what they do is they just, the idea is that you go down and train on the ground and do it so many times on the ground that it just sort of becomes... Do you jump off a pole or something? Oh, no, you sort of, you know, wind the planes on the ground, you practice jumping off the wheel, you know, just practice how to get out and jump off. Oh, yes. And so when you actually get out there and you're petrified to death, you just do it without thinking. Because it's, it's second nature. It's become, you know, you've done it 40 times in the last two hours, so it just becomes repetition, which is the way it works. Well, that's most interesting. Because your brain just refuses to accept the fact that you're about to leap out to the middle of space. Because it's not the natural thing to do. Yes, well, of course it isn't. Uh, and no. so until the parachute opened, I couldn't remember anything. Well, I you know, wasn't aware of anything happening. It was just like I blanked out. And then the parachute opens and you sort of go jerk and all the blood rushes to your feet and you look up and the parachute's open and you go... <laughs> and then you sort of sit down and just float to the ground. What's it like floating? Do you get this sort of floating feeling? <laughs> well, you don't get the feeling of falling. You just uh, get a... a it must be of, very peaceful as you're just going for a float down to yeah, the ground. Yeah, sort of the plane just buzzes off into the distance and you're vaguely aware that's there and you're all clouds around and you just sort of wander around looking around the country. How many, how long were you doing floats before you oh, hit? Oh, it's about two minutes. Really? Yeah. Gee, that'd be a really good good ride. Oh, well, it's, of course, you know, it depends. You can go a lot higher. Yes. So you could go to uh, 12,000 feet, mm. jump out and pull the ripcord almost straight away. Mm. Say you started floating at 12,000, well, yeah. you're only going at 20 feet a second. Yes. So it takes you five seconds to cover 100 feet, so it'll take you 10 minutes. But the thing is, you don't know where you might land. Well, the thing is that you can control a parachute. Ah. You can steer the parachute around the sky. Ah. The ones we've got are steerable, and they can travel five miles an hour across the ground. So you can stand still by running straight into a five-mile-an-hour wind or any combination of, you know, you can travel left or right or with the wind and travel at 10 kilometres an hour. So the idea is that if you're going to jump out at 12,000 feet, you um, get jump out a long way upwind and just float down with the wind until you break cloud cover, or if it was a clear day. Gee, that's incredible. It must be certainly a mind-expanding experience. Yes. Do you intend to carry this through and be a, a fully accomplished jump mission? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing my basic minimum you know, get off a student jump. Um, what gave you the, um, because I never th really thought of you as being a parachute, you know, bail man. No, just sort of one Did of those things. I heard the uni had a club and would make it much cheaper than normal. Yes. And I sort of thought, well, you know, I suppose I wouldn't mind trying that, so I did. Sort of, you know, just no real ambition, just, well, it's one of those things. There's someone said, I mean, it's a bit late when you're lying on your test bed and think, oh, wouldn't, wouldn't I like to try that in my life? Or wouldn't I like to do I that? I agree. You've got to try everything I mean, you while know, you're you young. You might as well do something while you've yeah. got the opportunity. And, uh, it's oh. something, something that a lot of people don't try and, you know, a new experience. It's something I'd like to try. Well, how much does it sort of cost you? Uh, it costs $55 for the two days training and the uh, first jump. It's rather spent. Well, yes. Depends, you know, I mean, it's not really that. Well, you can get a similar feeling by <clears throat> climbing up to the Nehru building and jumping off the yeah. top. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> it's only a once-only experience. Yeah, it's a once-only, and you only get that feeling for about four seconds before you go splat yes. into the ground. Um, what was it like hitting the ground? Was it at great force? Yes, uh, you hit the ground at about 18 feet a second, which you work out's pretty fast. So and is it easy to see you could sort of sprain your ankle or something? Well, I... That's what I'd be worried about. I sat down on my uh, gluteus maximus. Oh, yes. And uh, been limping all week uh, for said purpose, because I sort of sat down a little hard. Is that the, the suggested way of landing? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the suggested way of landing is rolling on the side and absorbing all the impact along your side and things. I just sort of said, oh, yes, the ground's a long way off. And someone yelled out, put your feet together because you lock your legs together ah. to stop them uh, breaking apart. When you actually yeah. can break your legs? Yeah, well, quite easily. Mm. Uh, and someone said, put your feet together. And I sort of said, oh, but the ground's miles away. And then, clunk, I just hit the ground. And sort of, oh, the ground's here, you know. Yeah. It's sort of... Everyone said it was so incredible you just sort of lost all sense of what you were doing you're just sort of floating in the sky looking around taking it all in yes and you yes. lost sight of the fact that you're falling down yeah and approaching the ground mm. and uh, it was quite interesting so next time we'll have to take up Paul's uh, national service do a DX and, and watch the television on the way down. <laughs> I don't know what he thinks of that I think you probably dropped the Seavers <laughs> yes dropped the Seavers you you know, you'd have to tie it onto you because you, yeah. no way you could hold onto it because the wind. if you work it out, if you free fall in about five, no, about ten seconds after you jump out, you reach terminal velocity, which is 180 feet a second. Mm. And when you pull the ripcord, you stop from 180 feet to 20 feet a second in about one and a half to two seconds. Quite a bit of a deacceleration. So you're going, you know, and the the thing would just rip out of your hands. You couldn't possibly hold on to it. Yeah. So you'd have to tie it down to you. Gee, that must be some experience. But you could so... really see a lot of television 3,000, 5,000 feet up in the air, yeah. sit there and watch the signal fade down as you dip lower You and lower. could take a Ken and do, do yes. two-metre missions. This is the VK3GX Parachute Mobile. I wonder if that's ever been done. No, I don't think so. I don't think it'd be worth the effort. You might but, lose uh, a Ken. Yes, might lose a Ken. But, Who's uh, been... We'll see. Next time we go down, we'll ask Paul for his little little national supers. Get some batches for it, see what he says. Mm. Mm, so that's certainly, as you say, it's, you know, a really good experience to say you've done, and uh, yeah. I think it's one of the, you know, a good benefit that be made of your student discounts. Yeah, well, this is it, you know, I mean, the, it's much cheaper, so... Uh, What's that sort of... Flutter noise. Have you got power supply problems there or something? What, that? I don't know. Oh, well, um, not to worry. Yes, what's well, incredible. <clears throat> what, have you had any other, you know, involved in any other sort of no. extracurricular activities at the Versity? No, nothing uh, of note mm. apart from that. So, uh, what sort of people, sort of many people do it? Oh, you know, not really compared to the numbers at the university. Mm. You'd probably only have, say, 100, 200 mm. out of 15,000. So, But still, that's quite a few. Yeah. But most people, I sort of say, you know, you went parachuting, they all think I'm crazy. Yeah. But, oh, well, who cares? I mean, you know, yeah, so you can get killed. I mean, you can get killed lying in your bed and the roof falls on you too. 
Yeah, that's I right. Mean, it's a much more spectacular way to go. I mean, At you least get, you'd make the papers. Yeah, you'd make the papers, you know. Student dies first jump or something. Mm. Student freezes, forgets to pull ripcord. What a ning-nong, you know. The only thing I'd be worried about is when you hit, you know, you could damage your ankle or something. Yeah, I haven't had sprained ankles before. I wouldn't yeah, relish no. that thought. Well, they have a, a target area, which is soft gravel for, for quite a few feet. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the idea is you land in there. But then again, there are a few difficulties. They could like have the a big wind. sort of rubber bag, you know. Yes, just before you get there, you drop this rubber bag that inflates below you and you yes. go boom, 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 boom into it. Well, you can get, you can get parachutes that land you very softly. You can get them so you can land so softly it's just like stepping down from, say, one or two feet up in the ground. We've just got a pause for a time call announcement. Right, if you'd like to continue there, Lindsay. It's just, I thought Paul might like to give his call sign. Oh, this is the bit. OK, look, we better do a round, I think. You've got to move in a bit closer to the B&A microphone, Beck. You're too close to the oh, window. The B &O, it's, on, it's set to naught. Whatever that's going to mean. Anyway, back to the, to the, to the head. Um, and you can get the... They call mattress parachutes. They just look like a floating mattress. Oh. And uh, it's sort of, you know, equivalent, if you do it properly, of just stepping down off about a one-foot platform. Gee. And you just sort of virtually step down. Uh, but you've got to be a bit more experienced, so I mean, there's no worries about getting the uh, thing to... But you might might take you for a trip. Yeah, uh, but those things are quite incredible because you can run them over the ground. Oh, you have to... Oh. You can run them over the ground. You, you can, you've got a velocity over the ground of about 20 miles an hour. Mm. So you can, you know, steer around the countryside and go for a wander as you're coming down. I'm the wanderer. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's really something. It's uh, a good, a good wholesome activity yes. to take up. So we're encouraging Paul to come along next time. I think he should. Yes. Do you good. Get away from the MP missions. Yeah. I, sort of $50 isn't too bad, really. Yes. I'd do it for $50 if I had the time. Yes. I suppose you've got to be a student's students though. Oh, no. You, I think the student discount's only five bucks on that. Well, I see. Uh, oh, well, I mean, you know, you just to go once. The second jump is the hardest jump. Is it? The thing. Well, I mean, you've got to... You, you know what you're in for, virtually. Yes. Like the first time, you, you're sort of, you know, oh, there will be nothing, I'll just jump out of the plane. But the second time <laughs> yeah. is the real, you know, psychological one that you've got to overcome and... and jump. Do they ever get people who go up in the plane and just then freeze and don't want to carry on any further and they do yeah. their 50 bucks? Yes. Uh, it's quite an interesting story about one of them. Oh, yes. There was uh, if, sort of uh, what happens is there's the wheel which is just down below the step. Ah, oh, yes. yes. Right, and you stand on that with your left foot with your right mm. foot sort of stuck out in the middle of the air um, and there's this spar running diagonally from bottom left to top right in front of you, mm. right? And you have your hands on that. Yes. Now what you do is you jump up with your legs. Yes. And the wind lifts your body and pushes it out horizontally. Yes. Right? You can imagine the force of the wind does that. Yeah. And you're still holding on with your hands. Yeah. And then you just sort of push off and you immediately go backwards mm. and start falling. So what you do was you step out there and you're sort of spread eagled with one leg planted on the wheel and your hands out on the spar in front of you. 
and he says go and then you flick your legs up and then push away well apparently someone just said no you know just refused to mm. let his legs go held on and was flapping and was sort of but no and, and fell forward in front of the wheel and started running in the middle of the air like this on and, the wheel yeah, no just was gripped onto the uh, the uh, spar for the grim life oh. and we're just hanging straight down running in the middle of the sky <laughs> you know, like they're running a race <laughs> yes like i see and the person he said he could see his knuckles popping out of the the uh, you know you're gripping for dim life we could oh. see all the fingernail marks on the spar too there were some too um and he was running like crazy you know and, and he couldn't virtually do anything so he, he, he told him, put your feet back on the wheel, put your feet back on the wheel. And so he, he sort of got his feet back on the wheel after a couple of minutes of running. He ran out of breath. Yeah. And, of course, mm. the wheel would turn if you put your foot on it, if the mm. pilot didn't have the brake on. So, of course, the, the brake is on normally, because if you just stepped out and the brake was off, you could imagine the wheel would just yes, turn under yes. the pressure of your foot. That's, that's quite correct, yes. So yes. what he did was he, he got back onto the wheel and then when he got back on the wheel he relaxed his grip on the spar slightly so the instructor just told the pilot to take the brake off the brake goes off and this guy just goes whoosh, straight down and that was his first jump and he and, succeeded yes and he he came on and jumped quite a lot lately he's done about two or three hundred jumps i think gee so you know you can just freeze virtually and just well, it's so incredible, you know. You can, you can imagine what it's like. You can half imagine it. Mm. Your brain just sort of goes for a little mental disaster. Yeah. Uh, I can well imagine that. Stepping out in the middle of the, the mm. air. Gee, that's, I think the Beck should do that. Yes. He could, he could practice from his balcony. <laughs> we could be all go up and practice from the branch tower. Yes, yes, yes. Well, of course, the, we won't be able to do that now. No. Because the branch has done moves. There's no branch. Branch no longer exists. No. The Elstonwick branch has been dissolved. Yep. Yes. And it means extra extra missions time from here. In fact, it means a lot of extra responsibility onto me. Oh, yes. I can, I can just see it weighing you down, turning you to a grey man. Well, yeah. well, let's have the back for saying something while I go somewhere. Right. No. Low-level back is coming up. What? The low-level <coughs> Beck. Oh, Are you going to try parachute jumping back? Well, of course, after hearing all those stories about what they do to people that won't jump, I don't think I will. Look, you need something to to increase your mind power. What about you? Well, I've, I'd, I, said, I said I'd do parachute jumping. Well, why don't you then? Well, I will. I've got to, but I work. I've got the work most weekends. Apart from that, I'd go and do it. I'd do it tomorrow. But I got a pulse like a pulse. But no, I think I really think you should do something like that. Beck, go parachute jumping, or what's another thing they'd rather do? Sail across Bass Strait in a bathtub. Something that really pits the man against the elements, electric jug elements. What you put, you throw yourself into the electric toaster and close the little flat door at the side. And that puts man against the elements. You go for a fry after all. <laughs> yes. Well, if you go in an electric jug, I suppose you go for a boil. Yes. If you go in front of a radiator, you go for a burn. Yes, I suppose you've got a point there. Hmm.
Yeah, that, that's most... Well, most elements. Or if you put your hand near a beam, that's got elements too. True. You against the elements. Look, I was trying to put up the beam tennis the other day, and it was me against the elements. So I suppose it's... Uh, I've done it. Of course, you could be... Um, you could invent a, uh, a new element and be man against the elements. Be like... Because uh, a new one was invented shortly. That's uh, right, that... Rutherford guy, is he any relation to the Rutherford who is a big physicist? I, can you imagine it? Ooh. Ooh, I've got new elements in my handbag here. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, what a joke. Slander mission He, What, he had actually invited you to go with him to the pole, Sadie? Yes, thank goodness I didn't go. Mm. Mm. Well, I sort of suggested, you know, to him that I thought it would be a bit of a laugh. Yeah. And he said, do you want to come? And you go... <laughs> yes, that's right. Like a certain time I met a certain person in the city, and they were going the same way as I was. Who was that? Uh, mm, uh, the guy from accounts. Big girls? What? What, what, what? The guy that's in accounts. No. The guy that's in your roster department. No. Going the same way as you were. Oh, it, it's too it's too plex to explain what, over what, the air. What's been happening at what happened at the pulse with only six people on Thursday? Well, the pulse wanted to hear the devil. The who? The dev the devlin, you know. <laughs> and he wanted to know where he could hear them, you know, in the pulse room. Oh. And he says, You know, you should know. And I said, Look, you know, I don't know what frequencies they're they're casting on and he said there must be a number and oh. I said oh look try the 49 meter band that would be your best bet and he says whereabouts is that and I said well you know it could be anywhere on the dial he says oh rubbish it must be you know there can't it must be in a, 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 a same place as you know it can't be moved and he thought that it's you know all shortwave receivers were just like medium wave where you know the stations are in the same place Look, this is, this is something that gets me. When he was trying to find out about 160, where he could listen to it, mm. he said, where do I get it on the dial? And I said, I'll be on 1.8 or, or somewhere around there. No, 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 that's not what I mean. And look, he had an argument for about half an hour and said, you're making it very difficult for me, you know. He... I go, what? But I'm telling you where it is. And, you know, in the end I found out what he meant was, like when he switches it to FM, if he puts it on 3AR yeah. and switches it on to FM, he gets Cabina Face. Or if he puts it on 3GL and switches it to yeah. FM, he gets the ABC. This oh, is it. And I said, well, how, how do I know? All receivers are different. Mm. There are a couple of other people there who didn't know what was going on, and they thought that every short wave station corresponded to a medium wave station. Yeah. Like I was supposed to say, oh, tune to, you know, 3BA, then switch to short wave one and you'll hear, hear yeah. RA5 or something. Look, it took me about 20 minutes and he was getting quite nasty with me about it. Yeah, I had to do... that I was making it difficult uh, and I was being a nuisance. <laughs> you know, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> I know, I had to explain to them that, you know, different receivers have different, you know, coverages and they have no... there's no standard coverage on receivers. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the only thing he picked up, he was tuning around with buzz missions. He picked up VLH with the Morgan doing a news missions. Who and... Big goes. 
And oh, John Morgan, your family chemist. And he also picked up that, that thing. Look, he tuned across and you hear this bloke going, uh, Q&H 150, he says, oh, there's one of your ham friends. Oh. And it was, you know, the, the Sydney airport weather thing. Yeah, what, did, you, did you say what it was? Yeah, I said it was the, the weather, the fall. Yeah. I, was, I was going to tell him to tune one, uh, you know, 49 metres, but I knew he couldn't make of where it was. He, he put his little eye up to the dial. And he wouldn't be able to see where it was. Yeah. So I thought I wouldn't pursue that too far. Yes. I went to the blood bank and gave my blood the other day and I reached over they're running out of blood. There's Most a, unfortunate. There's a blood transport strike, is there? Well, with a, a fuel strike, not many people are going to the blood bank. Yeah. And they've only got three days of blood, which isn't very good, really. Yeah. So anybody you want to do, go along, be a sport, give blood. 114 Flinders Road, Flinders Street, Melbourne. And you just roll along and just say, I want to give my blood away. They're open on Sundays and special Sunday sessions. Yes, special Sunday sessions in the morning. They'll only take about half a litre from you, so, uh, you know, and they t ask you all these questions. Like, I might go and have some creamy soda. Oh, you should be whipping down to the blood bank. I mean, they ask you all these things. They test you. I mean, it's really very... A good way to stay healthy, they test you for uh, diabetes, they test you for, uh, we won't say one thing that they test you for. Uh, a certain call sign. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In fact, we the can... The Webberly. <laughs> we can have a listen to that call sign. They actually do test you for that every time you give blood for some reason. Um, does it, would that affect your blood? Apparently you... it does. They, they test you for a cholera. TB, uh, malaria, I think. Of course, they make sure you've got plenty of haemoglobin. Yes, your haemoglobin count. They give you a little jab and measure your haemoglobin count, which was, I think, 15 or something nice and high last time. I about 14.5 last time. How much? 14.5. Oh, he's nice and healthy. Yeah, then they measure your blood pressure and weigh you to make sure. See, above, I think it's above about 50, 60 kilograms. Yes. They take 600 mils, and below that they only take 300 mils because they don't think you've got that much to spare. I still haven't got it. So if you're a lightweight person, they don't take too much blood. So everybody go along. You can phone them on 635661, the blood bank, and give your blood away. That's a nice advertisement for them, but I don't think there's anything wrong with advertising the blood bank. Well, They yeah, do I mean, it on 3LO. The thing is that, I mean, if there's only three days of blood... Look, it's, it's silvers. It could be you who needs that blood. It's ridiculous, really. But I'm uh, not going to go along. But still, why not? You're just horrible. Well, you, I don't. What do they? Does it hurt? No. Nah, it's just just a little jab in your arm, and you sit there and you get free biggies and tea. And Dave, do you want a two hours off work or three hours off work? Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't make much difference whether I'm on work or off down. work. Does the same thing. You just wander down and Christian, which is both Dean. Dean has got. This is what they test you for. Dave has got just uh, unreal compression. I've never heard anything anywhere near as bad. Excessive deviation, large amounts of audio feedback, incredible amounts of hum and pulsating audio associated with it. Um, I don't think he likes your audio, Dave. You know, it, it just sort of goes on and on. Uh, you know, all right. Yeah, fair enough. Your signal sounds reasonably good now. Uh, um, John, but uh, what's it taken? Nine months uh, of consistent badgering to get you somewhere like a, a reasonable sort of signal? Now, you know, all right, Dave is worse than I think you were ever at your worst. 
and uh, he hasn't improved at all and I, I haven't even heard him trying all he's playing with his uh, funny telephones and tape recorders and things like that they test you for that at the blood bank yes they do so uh, it's only 600 millilitres which is a bad chicken anyhow yeah no, it's quite good. Dave, okay, knock one. Oh, you have been down. There you go. I've gone 20 times, Dave. Have you? 20 times. Let me see. You can start when you're 18, so that makes him at least 24 years old. Oh, he's ancient. Right. Do you I only go see. once a year? I go four it. times a year. Every three months. I was eligible to go. Yeah, well, I've only given three times. I started a little late. I should well, be up to about five. Beck, six. are you going to go along to the bank? Oh, I've got to let off to let the yeah. bank on. Well, Beck, he's conveniently got out of the argument by he'll just say he wasn't he was downstairs or something. I'll tell you one person. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's ridiculous that I'll go. I'll go. There should be millions. There should be a flood of, but they never they never have enough blood. I mean, what what sort of blood you got, Knock? Uh, own egg. Own egg. Oh, own egg. Oh, he's a rarey. I always thought he was a bit. Yes, he is. Most what about O positive? The most common. I'm. I'm pretty common. I'm an A pos. I bet the long. You know, he'd he'd collapse if they he saw blood. Uh, that's quite interesting. They sit there and jab it, and it all spurts out into the little bag. <laughs> and you sit there talking to the nurse, which is half fun, isn't it, Knock? Um, yes, they, they have the most unusual bedside manner. Yes, they do too. Um, and uh, then you go along and there's this dear old little lady who sits there trying to stuff you full of sugar, sugar, heavily sugared tea and chalky biscuits and all this sort of fine That sounds like it's a, it's a fun parlour. Oh, it is. It's quite entertaining. So, uh, it's it's uh, almost up to Branch Quality Coffee too. Of course, <laughs> down to, um, Branch Coffee is a thing of the past now. But no, I urge every able-bodied citizen, you know, it's quite, you know, nothing to it. I thought it would be, and they make you lie down for about 20 minutes before you uh, get up and wander off, and uh, you, uh, oh, 20 times, so in, in about another year, that they, uh, you'll, uh, you'll get your little 25 badge. Oh, I've got another donation next week too, I thought it was this week, because I, I heard about the shortage and I gave them things, which not for another week. Were they short? Well, I couldn't give it to them. They wouldn't want mine. I only gave it a week ago. I think they might get a bit upset. If I went back again. Go under another name. Oh, I mean, you could go and just keep going until you collapsed. You could be... In a little heap. You'd have nothing left. Yes, it'd just all drain out of you. You've only got about five litres, and after about six drains, you'd be uh, in a little heap on the ground. How much blood can you live with without sort of thing, you know? Oh, uh, I don't know. I suppose you could probably uh, lose about one and a half litres is a rough estimate, I'd say. Now, and say... you start to be getting a bit desperate. If you um, have a, you know, get rid of some, say two litres or something, how long, well, I say a litre, yeah. how long does it take for the body to build that up again? Well, it makes the volume up very quickly. Next cup of tea you drink goes straight into your bloodstream, yeah. virtually. Yeah, it just the, the fluid... The fluid in your body just leaks straight in and, and uh, builds up the, uh, the volume as virtually as it goes out. It, it's coming back in. Oh, yes. Uh, all your little pressure receptors in the, the, your neck tell you the blood pressure's falling, and so they close off some of the, uh, the capillary beds. 
keep the pressure up and uh, then they build the volume back up again. Well, it's most interesting, but it gets more diluted blood. Yeah, and then, then you, the word goes out to your bone marrow to speed up the process and it starts producing. But do you realise every second you sit there, every second between, between let me smack my fingers, between, yeah, between two snaps of your finger, mm -hmm. two and a half million red blood cells have just died in your body. Uh, 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 how many new ones come up? Two and a half million. Oh, that's good. So they keep dying at a rate of two and a half million. What a happens to the dead ones? Do they go like the morgue? They just sort of shrivel up and get eaten up and get expelled in your, you know, what's it? Oh. It's Billy Rubin. Hence the colour. Well, yes. Uh, Major colouring component. Is it? Oh, I wouldn't know about that. I know what it goes out as. Uh, dead erythrocytes. Is that what it is? Yes. Red blood cells, erythrocytes. So you lose two and a half million every second. Well, how many vol How much volume would that be? Oh, uh, a cubic millimetre, right? Oh, yeah. You know how big a millimetre is? Mm, quite small. Right, a cubic millimetre contains... Um, let me get it right. 5.2 million cells, red blood cells in a man, about 4.8 in a woman. That's a rough estimate. Why does a woman have more? Less. She has less. less. No, she doesn't lead as many for one reason. Mm. Smaller, lighter. Yeah. Do you realise a woman is 26% fat? <sighs> Whereas a man is only about uh, 13%. Really? It's yeah. incredible. Yes, 26% pure fat. Um, no. So you uh, lose two and a half million every second, but you're making two and a half million. So you, instead of making two and a half million, your body goes into making five million or seven million oh, or something, and it just makes up the difference until it except doesn't need to. Except it takes a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, I think it only takes a couple of weeks, but they leave three months just to be on the safe side. So just, it must be a very interesting subject doing medicine, becoming big doctors. Well, put it this way, it just amazes you how much the body just keeps doing all the time, you know, without you even knowing it. Oh, yes. You know, just like that, it, it senses what goes on and then it decides what to do and just starts doing things automatically. Yeah. Everything runs under automatic. It's an automated station. Yes, it is. So you don't really need to do anything. It just all keeps chugging along by itself. Mm. Yes. Uh, do you realise that if you drink lots of coffee... Yes. ...or it has some unusual effect to coffee, your, your heart rate can rise to phenomenal heights. This is what gives people their thrills or something. What, drinking coffee? Yes. It can set up spurious beats in the heart. Mm. Drug caffeine. No. I, I suppose you'd learn what? about a lot of other drugs. caffeine and tea there isn't coffee, though. Yes. I think it's something else in the tea, in the coffee. Um, mm. I don't know. Whatever. Chicory. No, it's the caffeine that raises your blood. It raises your blood pressure and your heart rate. Yes, it's phenomenal though. The heart can beat it. Well, it doesn't beat it, but flutters it four or five hundred beats per minute. You know. Oh, yeah, but when you've had coffee, to make it flutter, you've got to drink about fifteen cups of coffee. Yeah, that's right. I find that I don't like having too much coffee because you do go for a pulse. You go for a drown. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> your heart goes boom, 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 just goes for a little thump. Oh, one interesting thing is, when the parachute's open... Your heart goes for a bump. No, you hear this on the ground. Yes. You hear, it sounds like a mini clap of thunder. 
is the air rushes into the parachute and then what it does is the parachute apparently breathes. The air rushes in, it expands and then contracts again and then expands again and opens up and so you hear, hear this sort of just like a really small thunderclap mm. on the ground. It's quite incredible. Yeah, it would be. And if someone shouts at two and a half thousand feet, you can still hear them on the ground. Oh. You know, they yell, splat, and you can hear them. It's so quite... Uh, that must be quite an amazing skill. Mm. Well, I didn't have much skill. Bump, ears into the ground. Mm. But... Uh, Oh, another interesting thing was I was lying around at the university the other day. Oh, yes. And you can hear the pips coming from 3UZ. You know, oh, yes, it? from the Nielsens. And I thought, gee, that's funny, they're out. Because, you know, I've got this digital watch which keeps a very good time. You've got one of those, have yes. you? Mm -hmm. And I thought, gee, that's strange, they're, they're three seconds slow. And, of course, it then took my tiny little brain a few minutes to realise that, of course, it's the time it's taking to travel from the city to the university. Uh, in, oh, yes. in the air. I suppose it would, yeah, from you know, Nielsen's there, it's just quite a way. And it's taking three seconds to get from there to the university, which would be about right. I mean, three seconds it travels 3,300 feet, which is about three-fifths of a mile, mm. which would be probably around, around the right distance. Yeah. So uh, I was quite amazed. I actually worked out that it only took me about two days. I kept on thinking for a couple of days, yeah, that's slow. And then, then, then the tiny little brain goes, ah -ha! You kept ringing up Mr. Nils Nielsen yeah, and saying his picture. You're right. Yeah. Is yours a crystal digital watch or a yes. light? Are they exceptionally good? Oh, well, they're much better in my opinion. You don't have to sit there and push buttons to read it. I have, uh, like, certain person who lives next door to us, Mr. K. Yes. Um, I was mentioning the fact I, I need a watch because I have never had one, you see. You've never had a watch? And uh, somebody he knows You've works. You've been deprived. I thought... Well, I'm going off watch now, so good night. Good night. You are? Are you going home, Knock? Yep. Oh, I would. I should have really invited you in for a creamy soda. Well, I'm heading home now, so... Okay, see you. But what about, you've got no... Is no... the Beck there? Look, the Beck can, Beck can come on this and I'll go on to the Knox frequency. No, nobody, uh... Don't forget, no, Mark, but there's a ham fest on this Sunday. Pardon? Oh, yeah. So... Going to the stews on Sunday afternoon? Yes. One I'll be up country getting 44s of petrol. <sighs> You'd be lucky, there's no petrol around. There is in depots in the country. Ooh, now who does he know? He's got a utility to give it. By the way, Lindsay, I'd stay on six course, so I've got garbage quality through two. Oh, good, yes. Isn't that terrible? It does. Okay, knock, we might see you around then. Um, that's right about the, um, what were we talking about? I forget. Um, Watches. Oh, yes. Anyway, he said he'd bring me in a few to have a look at. And uh, the crystal... Why doesn't the Beck give blood? Come on, Beck. That's another thing. Expand your horizons. Am I allowed to? I thought if you've ever suffered any ailment, they don't like you to give blood. The last three months, that's all I ask. You've been nice and healthy for about a year, two, two years. Your fit picture of health and fitness. Yes. Getting back to watches. Um, you got he's avoiding the issue, isn't he? And besides, they test for everything, so you could say, well, you know, I sort of had a disease a few years ago. Isn't it typical? It's no chicken, these people. 
Oh, yes. Um, are you one of these lethargic people who can't do without a car? Uh, no. Like, uh, Lynn, for instance. Oh, people at work, because you see, because now the pedal strikes on, once the news came across that it wasn't going to stop. Yeah, they panicked. Yeah, look, they're all saying, oh, we won't be able to get to work, uh, rave, rave. And, you know, how, some of them only live about half a mile away. Isn't it incredible? They, they just couldn't be bothered to walk. They've never walked in their lives. And some people who live near a train, near a station, mm. you know, they've never been on a train in their lives. Um, the only one that's a little inconvenient for is a guy who lives in Camberwell, which means he'd have to catch two trains yeah. into the city and back out again. But um, apart from that, certain other people sort of around the place that live reasonably, you know, about a mile from the station or so, no more than that, you know, such an effort to walk that distance when you have to and uh, catch a train, goodness. Particularly since... You know, the carpet specials have been running quite a bit lately. Oh, well, they have, have they? Which have been very nice indeed, because Look, I don't think... I don't know if they have heating or not, but you get in them and they're all nice and warm. And you get in them and there's all this nice carpet on the floor and... Just like all the comforts of home. Well, I think too many people these days tend to think cars like they just couldn't live without them. And, uh... Yeah, I think this petrol structure... How how much people rely on the car instead of their own two feet and this sort of thing. Mm. In fact, it might be quite good because it might mean people begin to wake up, you know, that they are spending too much time and money and wasting resources and this sort of cars. Well, the whole thing is that uh, in not the too far distant future, the whole car situation is going to change quite a lot. And we won't have the freedom we yes, used to have. Yes, because there'll be no controls. That's for sure. We'll have to have little battery cars. Or have very long extension cords. Yes, hmm. But I think it is a point. Too many people, they, they've got to go everywhere in the car and they've, they spend their Sunday afternoons polishing their car and all sort of rubbish. And uh, I really think the car is a, is a necessary evil. Yes, it's quite funny. They drive around their car all the time, just you know, down to the shop. It must be all of a block away or something. Yes. And then they, they spend all day, all, all of one day, just, just cleaning their car. I mean, we do crossbands, it's so much more nice. useful. Uh, yes. I polish my emitters. Although then again, of course, we'll have cars that are just so... rusting away. Like everything. what, black, old black Holden cars? Yes. Mm. Anyway, continue, sir. Or they go and jub their jubs with the egg in it. Do they get broken egg yolk all over the jub? Just like Humpty Dumpty. Yes, fell off a job. You know, back to the original stations. Oh, anyway, I just think it's very bad indeed. And it'll be good, good for people. In fact, they're quite pleased it's going, you know, keeping going. I mean, it's not very nice, I suppose, for people who thought they were going to go away this weekend. There's always a train. Well, put it this way. I often, I think a car is an added responsibility and it's a damn nuisance. Like, I like going away in other people's car, but when it's my own, I don't like it. You know, I think it's really good when they drive off the road and bash their car up bush tracks and think, oh, this is fun. But when it's your own car, well, it's a bit of a, a responsibility. It gets a bit of a drag after a while. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd really prefer to, you know, I think too many people rely too much on their four wheels and uh, they really get very soft. It's all right for a Sunday drive or something, but not... Yeah, so a lot of people 
Yeah, they drive to work and there's no need to. Mm. It's just a waste. All these people with one, one person in the car, they drive to work when it's not necessary. You know, in some cases it is. Exactly, exactly. I, I, look, lately when I've been getting government-paid transport into work, five in the morning it's so much more tainting because you get out of the kitchen you go into this nice warm car and you get zoomed up in about two it only takes them about 10 minutes because they drive so far <laughs> and you hear their sievers blasting out their um their, their taxi sievers and then you got the tainments i really don't enjoy driving in the city i much more i enjoy more a red train trip this city business, then you get out at Huntley and you got to run home, which keeps you fit. In fact, I prefer going to the Pulse at night by train because you know you run up, you run, you know, from Glen Huntley down to here. It's it's so much more yeah, fun. Yeah, you get bashed on the way home. Oh, I've never been bashed. Uh, depends, you know. Depends what you look like, you know. Whether you look as if you're going to get you're a bash-looking person, like the cheese would be upset because he's probably afraid he might get bashed on the train. By all these old women in the, during the middle of the day. Look, the thing is, you know, they're all going to come the wrong way, you know, the, the non-busy way to work. Yeah. Yet they're all worried. But look, I get in the train, you get in the front carriage, and at the most there'd be 20 people in there, and a lot of the time, there's, sometimes there's just nobody in it. Well, it's only it's only at peak hours that the trains are anywhere near crowded. Oh, what I'm talking about, this is at peak hour, except going. Going in the oh, in the opposite direction, because yeah. there's nobody there, is there? That's right. That's See, quite right. The only people using it going the other way are people going to school and this sort of thing, and they only go a couple of stations and get off yeah. again. You'd be one of the few people who, in peak hour, travels from Huntley to Franks. I'm sure you would be, wouldn't you? Oh, I suppose so. I don't know. I can't imagine anyone would be silly enough to want to work in Frankston and live all this way away. <laughs> well, I know one per. Oh, there's one person I know who. Because I, I was telling them how I couldn't get to work if the train strike was on. Yeah. And a couple of the people in the office said, eh, "Why don't you move down here?" I said, "Well, I don't exactly get paid a great deal." Yeah. As if you're going to be working at, you know, at Bayside. Forever. Yeah. Yeah, so some people there seem to think um, they'll be working there forever. Yeah. And one of the girls in the office said, Oh, do you hope to be a broadcaster one day? A broadcaster? I thought, hmm. Shows how much they know about casting, isn't it? About nothing. Yes, yeah, so they may not have my services for too much longer. Now, that was a silly thing to say over the air, Ben. Why? The no bean, one listens to me. The bean, it will filter down to the bean. Oh, okay. And tomorrow... Well, maybe they'll give me more money. <laughs> no. That's a point. They might give you more money when they... Then again, they might say, oh, well, since you're not going to be here, we'll, we'll just treat you like dirt. Yes, they could do that. Oh, they do that now, though, don't they? As you were saying before. Well, it depends. Look, the other day, I went to get the B&T magazine. Yeah. The first time I ever actually asked for it, because usually I just pick it up if it's around. Yeah. I went and asked for it the other day. Yeah. Ooh. The first, the first comment, the first thing that happened is I got this dirty look. Then they said, laughingly, "Oh, all the jobs have gone now. You're a bit late." Ah, oh, yes. So they all.
obviously suspect that... You want to become announcers? Oh, well, they know that, but they probably don't know anything about whether I'm going to... Because, you know, the only, I've only told one person down there about what I intend to do. What do you intend to do? I'm not going to say it on air. Um... Oh, look, you know, anyway. You know, I don't, nothing, I really don't. Nothing in particular. I don't, hang on, I've just got to listen to this, so... Yeah, I'll put that off air there. Could you go ahead and tell us what you intend to do there, Beck? Either just, you know, go back to school at the end of the year or try and become announcers before the end of the year and just go work at some place for a while. Oh, well, you never told... You never told... Uh, I did. ...told me that there, Paul. Rubbish. So, what do you... If you're I not now... If you're not announced... If you're not announced by the end of this year, you're going back to, what, university and do law studies? Have you got the uh, the qualifications to do it? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I've been admitted. To I've, the I've heard that law studies, uh, when you come out, there's not many jobs unless you want to be a cur. Well, look, this is the thing. Um, but at least you've got a qualification, I suppose. At least it's a paper to flap. Look, uh, you know, even if you end up just running around doing nothing all your life, oh, I don't know. At least you feel you can, you've got qualifications to be a bum. At least you can wave this paper in front of, you know, people's face and say, oh, I'm unemployed, but at least I've, I'm a big university man. If I throw away that opportunity, I'll probably regret it for the rest of my life. No regrets? Yes, you probably will, too. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. So, you know, even if I do go to uni for five years and end up not It's a waste it. of, just think, five years at university. But that's all right. I'll still be quite young, and I look, I can go back. True, you, you are young, you're not old like You've probably got more chance of getting somewhere. You have, because you've... All the other people at uni don't know what it's like in the outside world, whereas you will, and you also have money to back you up. Except you go and buy Kef speakers and things. <laughs> you're humming like a... Well, your missus is about to blow, I think. Um, yes. So, you, so you're going to, um, y yes, I see what you mean. Well, a year is quite enough service for them. Oh, yeah. Look, I never... Or even less. I'd never, the longest, apart from this job I've been at the moment, I, the longest I'd stayed in any job was five months. Well, the guy that was working there before me only lasted for four. Yeah. I've been working there for four now, so, you know, if I walked out the door, well, They'd probably be somewhat annoyed, but too bad. Oh, I don't think so. I don't really think so. I mean, you're just another oh, yeah. on the paper. As you realise, there's nothing lasting in the, you know... In that industry. Because there's no superannuation. There isn't. No, no, because, mm. look, they just expect people only to be working there for a couple of years at mm. the most. True. Before they move on to somewhere else. OK, we might leave that there, I think. Um... The main reason for including the last 10 or 15 minutes or so was just mainly for historical interest rather than hysterical interest. Gold Series, Part 6.